Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and on this episode of the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. It's 10 days after New Year's when this will air, and we're assuming yours are dead, and we think that's a good thing. <laughs> so uh, let's get started by talking about that. We've got a one-minute cooking tip. We've got all kinds of fun, so let's start there. So we actually want to talk about what to do instead of resolutions because we know that you're going to make a diet resolution that's not going to work. It's the 10th of January when this is airing, and you know the resolutions are all over. They're all over. So here's what we suggest. Rather than having made a resolution Make one small change. You know, really? that's all you need to do. You know, I had this rule when we lived in New York City. We now live in very rural New England. But when we lived in New York City, I had this rule that I didn't go to the gym for the first two weeks of January because <laughs> it was too gross. It was so many people. And by about January 15th, the gym had emptied back out again so that I could, <laughs> I could go. And, you know, I mean, we're cookbook writers, so I can go in the middle of the day at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. And by that point, no one's there at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. I could walk over and it could be back to normal. And I honestly, honestly, it was always my resolution that for the first two weeks of January, I didn't go to the gym because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand that every single machine was taken, every single treadmill was taken. It was gross. And Bruce is right. They don't work. And you should instead think about making one change in your life. Because, look, we know diets don't work, and diets created under the guise of the New Year's resolution yeah. works about as well as going to the gym. No. So why doesn't it work? No, well, it, it doesn't work. And it doesn't, it doesn't work for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is it's covering too much territory yeah. at once. And, you know, I, I have this theory that if you are, let's say you've never been to Europe, and um, most people, they've never been, let's say, the, who've never been to Europe, go to Europe and they decide that they have to see France, Denmark, Germany, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Italy, and Spain. And they got a week. And they're going to go into some insane <laughs> overdrive to see everything. And I always think to myself, you know what? Pick two things. See, I don't know, the Dutch countryside and Paris. And I know you think, well, maybe I'll never get back. Okay, well, maybe you won't. But you'll have a much better time because you'll have settled into places. I firmly believe that. And I firmly believe that, as Bruce would say, agita gets you nowhere. You know, when you want to cover everything at once, you're asking too much of yourself. And the Way same thing works with diets, just the way Mark explained, traveling. So a resolution to be on a diet, it's just as extreme as seeing all those cities in one trip. No. As he said, it, choose one place. It could or be choose fun, two places. Right? Two yeah. cities a day <laughs> throughout Europe. I think it seems like a bus trip. So it could be fun. <laughs> Suze Implachette made it fun. Uh, oh, if there's Tuesday, a, it must be Belgium. Yeah, there's a, if you know what I was referring to, the, uh, you're old, like. <laughs> I am. Uh, so go ahead. So if you're looking to eat better in the new year, and most of us are, you should consider making one small change okay, so as a way to start the new year. So here's one. Change out regular old white pasta for either whole grain pasta, lentil pasta, or chickpea pasta. And why does that work? Because you're actually not giving up anything. You're just swapping out one pasta for another. Right. And I want to say just right up front, this is a change that Bruce and I have made. We made it last year. And 
basically we don't eat white pasta in our own home anymore. Now listen, if you invite me to your house and you serve me spaghetti and meatballs and it's on white pasta, of course, as a good Southern boy, I'm going to eat it. It's not as if I'm going to die if I eat it, but in our own home, we have changed it all out. We eat a lot of the yellow lentil pasta. I love that. We eat chickpea pasta. We eat whole grain pasta. We have just decided that if we're going to eat after all this is the whole theory if you're going to consume carbs then you might as well get something for your calorie load it's just obvious yep and the lentil pasta and the chickpea pasta it has some carbs but it also has a ton of fiber and a ton of protein and a ton of texture and quite honestly depending upon what you put on it you would not even know no. it's and I'm going to say these words gluten-free because those are gluten-free pastas. Well, not whole grain pasta, but yes, lentil pasta and chickpea pasta are are lent, are, are gluten-free. And I have to say that we made a dish for New Year's Eve in which Bruce basically sautéed mushrooms and sun-dried tomatoes and all that, and he roasted a piece of pork that he sliced over this pasta dish, and he made it with lentil pasta, mm. and we didn't even say anything. We didn't say that it was lentil pasta until after everyone had eaten it. We we didn't say a word, and, uh, it, and I don't think anyone knew. Nobody knew, and it was so delicious. It that was. is an easy, easy change you can make that'll make a huge difference in the way you eat. Okay, second change that we can suggest, and don't make both of these. Make one or the yeah. other. So here's one more that you can try, and don't do this with the pasta trick. <laughs> and that is drop the milk fat level that you drink down one level. If you are a dairy drinker and you routinely put some kind of milk in your coffee, I certainly do, then drop it down one level. Of course, if you're already using skimmed milk, you can't drop it down. <laughs> but if you're using 2% milk, consider going down to 1% milk. And if you're a heavy cream drinker, and by that, I mean you probably don't pour yourself a glass of it, but... And by that, you mean your mother. <laughs> you just pour it into your coffee. You pour it into your... That, you mean your mother. My mother. Go to half and half. And if you're already a half and half drinker, take it down to whole milk. Whole milk can go to reduced fat, then low fat. And as Mark said, if you're on low fat, consider skim. Yeah. In fact, if you froth a latte at home, the way I do every morning, I will admit that I froth a latte every morning at home. And if you froth a latte every morning, you will discover that skimmed, and notice I keep saying skimmed. What has happened to the milk? It has been skimmed. <laughs> that skimmed milk, this is an ongoing problem in our house, um, that skimmed milk actually froths better than milk with a bit of fat in it. It's just a, it's just a functionality of what the fat does toward the skimming bubbles okay that's that's the second thing so either swap out your white pasta for something else or drop your milk fat one level or what's the third here's thing? another one choose one night a week where you don't eat meat so that's really easy right and if you already do this and a lot of people do simply add a second night where you don't eat meat and if you're a vegetarian well then try eating vegan one night a week and that's as easy as building a salad with a grilled or roasted vegetable to give it half. Right. Or making Bruce's pasta dish with mushrooms mm. and sun-dried tomatoes and lentil and pasta. And gigante beans. No, it, right. It had gigante beans in it. It was delicious. Mm. Uh, I, uh, you know, that's a great idea. But some of us don't want to be vegan or, or vegetarian. So let me make another suggestion. And that is one night a week, simply don't drink. If you drink wine or beer or alcohol or uh, or distilled spirit or whatever, one night a week, just say to yourself, I'm not going to drink 
on Blah Night. And it doesn't have to be the same night. You don't right. have to make this draconian. Just one night a week, I'm not going to drink anything except water or, you know, uh, uh, maybe a flavored water or a flavored tea of some sign. You know, it, it makes it so easy to just simply cut out alcohol one night of the week. And remember, these are all options. You do one of these. We're not suggesting you do all of these, just like we don't want you to go to London and Paris and Rome and Berlin yeah, in no, one no, trip. No, 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 no. You one. do one. Pick one, one. city. Pick one, one of these changes. So you talked about teas and waters. How can that also help you make a change? Well, you can actually swap out fruit juice for fruit-flavored waters and teas, and you'll actually drop your calorie load quite a bit just right there. And you don't always have to do it, but just consider keeping flavored waters and teas around. I was like, don't they even have now CBD-flavored water? They do. And the, oh, and the well, reason, Mark, go. Now, there's a New Year's resolution. <laughs> I mean, the reason Mark makes this suggestion is because fruit juice is 100% sugar. There's no fiber. There's no protein. And you're just pumping pure sugar into your body with every sip of fruit juice. So let's say you still like your juice. Well, how about commit to adding 50% water? or plain or flavored water to that juice, it'll cut your sugar ta- intake by half. I think it more you want the THC water, right? Well, the THC waters will get you high. THC gets you high. CBD is supposed to have Sounds health benefits. great to me. <laughs> I, I think that these are all fabulous ways to to make a small change in what you do. And let us offer one more. And that is consider, just for the sake of argument, buying a healthy cookbook or joining a healthy website or following someone on YouTube who has a healthy eating plan. You don't have to do what they say. Just listen to them. Just read the recipes, right? I mean, you can do what they say. And it doesn't matter whether you're going for celebrity stuff or non-celebrity stuff, or if you like to cook in an air fryer or an Instant Pot, there are healthier eating books for every appliance, for every kind of food that you like. And consider getting a healthy cookbook, as Mark said, and you don't have to commit to cooking out of it all the time. No, well, no, no. Start no. it once a month. No, Make yourself no, no, a no. healthier dinner that you make once a month. That's right. And what you'll find about healthy cookbooks is that, for example, you don't need three tablespoons of butter in a skillet for chicken breast. You need one tablespoon of butter. I mean, that's what you're going to find out is that they're going to drop the fat. They're going to up the fiber of dishes. But it's important to watch that happen and kind of start to think that way. But you don't have to make all of these changes at once. We just keep wanting to reemphasize. We keep wanting to emphasize that because it's it's really self-defeating to make all of these changes. So just go back to the pasta one. From now on, just say, well, whenever possible, I'm going to choose whole wheat or lentil or gluten-free or chick-free pasta because that way I'm going to get bang for my buck. You know, this is our thing about oils. We have the same exact theory about oils. Why do you want to eat a tasteless oil when all oil has the same number of calories, 120, per tablespoon? Why? Yep. Don't, don't go for, don't reach for canola oil. Reach for bacon fat. <laughs> sure. I'm serious. Okay, that's not an oil. That that's it has just about. In fact, it has fewer calories than oil. Um, it has just about the same calorie load as oil, but it has flavor to it. That's why it you want to reach for avocado oil, walnut oil, pecan oil, olive oil. You want to reach for oils that have some kind of flavor because, after all, if you're going to consume 120 calories, you might as well taste it. Yeah, I agree. So choose one. Just one, one city to go to, one small change to make in your eating, and you will find that you actually do eat better in the new year. 
Okay, up next, our one-minute cooking tip, our patented one-minute. We should patent this thing. <laughs> okay. One-minute cooking tip. And what is it? Before grating semi-soft cheeses like mozzarella and fontina, put it in the freezer for 30 minutes. Yeah. It hardens it up just enough to make it easier to grate. And you're talking about here fresh mozzarella, not semi-firm mozzarella. You're talking about softer yeah. cheeses. Soft. Now, this. let me just tell you that this won't work for super soft goat cheese, and it won't work for super soft cheeses, but... This trick of 30 minutes in the freezer even works if you need to grate butter. There are recipes where you grate butter or grate cream cheese. It'll even work on those recipes. And don't be grossed at it. It even works on Velveeta because quite honestly, if you have yeah. to grate a block of Velveeta, yeah. it's too soft. Put it in the freezer 30 minutes. Yep. There you go. Before we get to our next segment of this podcast, can we ask you please to rate it, to drop a rating in the comment section wherever you're hearing us on whatever platform, if that's available to you, darn you Spotify, but if it's available <laughs> to you on other platforms, drop a comment there or a rating, we would so appreciate it. And up next, segment three, what? Are we talking about? Well, we're doing a new segment, and we're calling this What Were They Thinking? What Were They Thinking? So it's where we often have an interview with a food celebrity or food author or cookbook author or blogger or whatever. Now, we've got a segment that we've inserted here, What Were They Thinking? And this is about products on the market that you might have missed that shouldn't, in our <laughs> opinion, have ever seen the light of day. Like, like Quaker Instant Oatmeal. Sea Adventures. Oh, God. Mm. What is it? So, okay, for a little while, mm. Quaker Oats Did put they out... sell this in Japan? And mm. Did no, it come no. with shrimp? This was your Sea Adventure oatmeal. And oh. what it had was dissolving sugar eggs, like little robin's eggs in the oatmeal. And why mm. was it Sea Adventure? Because they melted and turned your oatmeal a lovely shade of Caribbean blue. Oh, God. The package actually said the blue sea magically appears. Oh, red dye number 42 or whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. I First of all, no. I do not want blue oatmeal. Mm. And I don't want the lurid blue it was. And secondly, I don't want my oatmeal named Sea Adventures. Who? <laughs> what marketing idiot came up with that? Sea Adventures oatmeal. It's better than Sea Monkey's oatmeal. Oh, not much. <laughs> not actually much. I think this must be, you know, a product sold again in Japan with dried scallops in it. But then it turns out just to be a lurid blue oatmeal. Why? Just seriously, why? Yeah, it's a, there's a good reason they took that off the Yeah, market. I bet so. Okay, so, uh, you know, here's another one. Fruit Loops Cereal Straws. Okay, explain that one to me. I don't, I have no idea. What is a cereal straw? It's a straw made out of cereal. Yeah, so rather than pouring your cereal in a bowl and eat with a spoon, you pour a glass of milk and just put the straw in it and sip through the cereal straws. You eat the straws, you suck the milk up, and it gets you, soggy. It dissolves into the milk. You end up with basically a smoothie sludge in the glass because oh, the straw dissolves. And then the straw is going to dissolve as mm -hmm. you're drinking the mm -hmm. milk. And so you could end up with this chewy thing in your mouth. Mm, it's Fruit Loop cereal straws. You know what this is? It's the die cutter broke for one <laughs> packaging of, of, of Fruit Loops. And they weren't able to cut the loops. And so they were coming out with these long tubes, these straws. And so they were like, oh, let's make straws. I bet you're right. And to be fair, Nabisco tried the same thing with Oreos. They did Oreo straws. Oh, no. What? And then you stick the whole Oreo straw into your glass of milk. <sighs> but the next one Can is Can I what? stick it into my glass of wine? You could stick it in your eye. 
No, okay, that's gross. But no, that's okay. You know, um, here's something else that we feel that should have never hit the market, and that is Cheetos lip balm. Mm, really? Mm. I I don't even that's know what, what I want s- my lips to smell like and taste like. Disgusting fake orange greasy cheese. That is. <laughs> I don't know that Cheetos cheese is fake, but I do know that it has a certain taste. And it stains your skin orange. So you're going to have like, you know, this orange lipstick that smells like cheese. Do you want to kiss somebody wearing Cheetos lip balm? Like really? I haven't. As if I have it already. Oh, That's man. just, uh, you don't remember me in elementary school. <laughs> okay. And our final what? should have never appeared on the market ever is Heinz Mystery Color Ketchup. This I don't even get. Well, you didn't know what color it was going to be till you opened it and squeezed it out. Were you going to get blue ketchup, green ketchup, black ketchup? Why? Have a squeeze and find out. Why? Why? It's like birdies all flavor beans. Is this one going to be cherry or earwax? Yeah, it is like that. <laughs> but they all taste the same, right? They all taste like ketchup. It's all ketchup, but they're just colored differently. So the whole point of this is the gross out moment in which all your kids scream and everybody jumps up the table scream and then they won't even eat it so you wasted your money on it because kids don't want to eat green ketchup yeah, this, it, this seems like this seems like when you get a bunch of c plus marketing <laughs> majors together and they think about what would be fun and they aren't you, all marketing majors c plus <laughs> no but i do think that somebody in a meeting said we need to be funner and then this happened mystery color ketchup i can just see it i've been in meetings like this and you sit there thinking to yourself oh my god how can how is it possible that i can stop my brain from thinking right now like i can just shut down um you dream for a coma Uh, so uh, anyway uh I, I I don't I don't get the mystery color ketchup. If you like the new segment, what were they thinking? Drop us a line. Um, go to our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Tell us what you think, because we love to scour the archives to find what was out there in the food world that we are glad is not coming back. I wish that I could drink Sea Adventures oatmeal through a cereal straw <laughs> while wearing Cheetos lip balm. That's going to be my mm. new thing. Okay, our last segment of our podcast. What's making us happy in food this week? And what's making you happy in food this week? Now, don't send the pita people after me, but it's veal chops. <laughs> because I served veal chops last night for dinner, and I realized how much I love veal chops. And, and so I'm just going to keep saying the word veal chops because they were so good. And I rubbed them with olive oil and garlic and a little minced lemon zest and fennel. Mm. Oh, they were so they, good. And I'm going to say that my what's made me happy in food this week was veal chops. <laughs> so for the first time ever on our podcast, we don't actually tell each other what we're going to say before we do this. And for the first time ever, mine was the same thing. And I, you know, veal chops to me are, as I said at dinner last night, they are the porkiest of all beef cuts. <laughs> It's as if you crossed a pork and a beef. It's the way to get kosher pork is just have a veal chop. It must be. Uh, We had veal chops and they were outstanding. Uh, Unbelievable. Listen, please don't add us. Don't hate me for loving veal chops. I do love them. They are really tasty. And by the way, I should also say that we don't eat white veal, which is the French caged veal. We eat so-called pink veal. Pastured veal. Yeah, which means that the calf has run around the pasture. It hasn't been in a cage its entire life. So we actually do find an ethical dilemma there and prefer pink veal. I prefer the taste of it anyway. And I don't like the caged white veal. 
So there you go. Field Chops making us happy this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And we hope you will subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of everything from our women and cooking tips to what we enjoy in food and what were they thinking. So tune in, listen to more episodes of Cooking with Bruce and Mark.